Hey folks, Joyce Vance here. Another busy week of politically charged legal news making the headlines. In the past week, federal judges ruled that former President Donald Trump is not immune from civil and criminal liability over conduct related to his efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Meanwhile, at a hearing in Fulton County, Trump's lawyers argued that the criminal charges in Georgia should be dismissed. They also argued that if Trump becomes president again, the trial could not be held until he leaves office. Preet Bharara and I discuss all that and more on the Cafe Insider podcast. To hear our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership for just $1 for one month. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. All right. What piece of legal news should we talk about first? There is so much, but I'm fascinated by the whole situation with Trump getting some really bad rulings in court in the last few days. Bit of a double whammy, consistent with the theme that we talk about on the show all the time. One, with respect to a civil suit, or I guess three civil suits that maybe some people have forgotten about pending in the District of Columbia, and another relating to the criminal case in connection with January 6th, also in the District of Columbia. And the common theme there is, in both cases, Trump and his team have argued that the former president has or had absolute immunity in connection with the conduct that he engaged in. And in both cases, the absolute immunity argument was shut down. And we've, you and I have talked about this many, many times, right? There are moderate arguments to make. There are reasonable arguments to make. There are reasonable defenses in many, many cases. And Trump has reasonable defenses in a manner of speaking, depending on the case we're talking about. But here, the argument of absolute immunity, he can do whatever he wants, fell on deaf ears. You want to mention first the civil cases? Yeah, I mean, let's start with them. And, and it's interesting to me, we talk as lawyers in terms of immunity and, and entitlement to immunity. And what this argument on Trump's behalf has really come down to always from the get-go is this. The argument is, Trump is above the law. Trump was above the law when he was the president. Trump is still above the law. And that's the argument that the court rejects pretty squarely in the civil case, which is blazing them. Folks may remember that this involves actions brought directly against Trump over his complicity in January 6th by Capitol Police officers, by members of Congress in addition. And so Trump says as a defense, this case needs to go away because I'm immune. And the court says no. Now, it took the court a while to get here, but I think we're about a year in. The three-judge panel says no. They limit it to the civil case. They limit it to this point in the proceedings. But they say, this case can go forward. You haven't established an entitlement to official act immunity at this point. Yeah, I mean, you've made this point before, I think very artfully. And the nub of the matter is, if the action and the conduct that's in question was part of official action of the presidency, there's an argument in favor of immunity, right? That has been established. And where it's not official actions of the presidency, then it's not immune. Now, the conduct we're talking about here is, is not official conduct the court found unanimously, but it's a particular species of conduct that Trump and his team tried to sort of shoehorn into official action, and that's campaign activity right? There's a difference between campaign speech and official actions, even if it seems like, you know, at first glance, 
that some of that conduct, some of that speaking is relating to the office of the president. There's a, there's a clear demarcation that the law makes between campaign activity and, and speech. You know, when Donald Trump is making a campaign speech, when he was sitting in the office of the president and Biden was making a campaign speech, everyone understands that Biden's conduct and speaking was not official presidential conduct because he was not the president, right? And so the court makes very clear that if a first-term president, while in office, decides to run for re-election, that there's a sphere of conduct that he engages in that is not covered by this immunity rule. And that seems to make sense. Yeah, I think it does. The language that they use is very explanatory. They say when a first-term president opts to seek a second term, his campaign to win re-election is not an official presidential act. The office of the presidency as an institution is agnostic about who will occupy it next, and campaigning to gain that office is not an official act of the office. So when a sitting president running for a second term attends a private fundraiser for his re-election effort, hires or fires his campaign staff, cuts a political ad supporting his candidacy, or speaks at a campaign rally funded and organized by his re-election campaign committee, he is not carrying out the official duties of the presidency. Yeah, I think very well put. Look, the court is not saying in this decision that the plaintiffs win, or that Trump is liable. It's just saying that it is an open question for a court and or you know a jury to decide and you don't get to throw the case out just because you happen to be the president of the United States at the time you engaged in private or campaign conduct. Yeah, I, I think it's very interesting, by the way, procedurally how they posture it. But before we get there, can I can I talk with you about my favorite part of this opinion? Yes, please. This is my favorite thing. You know, the court in establishing that Trump was not acting in his presidential capacity, but in his individual one when he was campaigning, they actually rely on Trump himself. They say that Trump actually made their argument. And so when he filed his motion in the Supreme Court during the election disputes, he filed it and they quote, in his personal capacity as a candidate for re-election to the office of the president, close quote, rather than in his official capacity as a sitting president. That's sort of the nail in the coffin. And I love the fact that it comes from Trump himself. Once upon a time, your predecessor as co-host, and I would have said, case closed. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we say that anymore? I used to love it when y'all we should, said that. Well, because you know what? I think we have... I don't think we have so many case closed yeah. situations. That's true. I mean, just to not to belabor the point, this is not as super interesting a quote from the opinion as you just read. Just so people get it, this is not that close of a question. The court writes, quote, the president does not spend every minute of every day exercising official responsibilities. And when he acts outside the functions of his office, he does not continue to enjoy immunity from damages liability just because he happens to be the president. Rather, as the Supreme Court made clear in, note the case, Clinton v. Jones, that's Paula Jones, a president's official act immunity by nature does not extend to his unofficial actions. When he acts in an unofficial private capacity, he is subject to civil suits like any private citizen, end quote. So w was this result ever really in doubt? No, I mean, it can't be in doubt, right? Because if it was in doubt, just there's a whole list of horribles that a president could engage in that he couldn't be sued for. I think that this had to be the outcome of this case, right? And as you started to point out before I so rudely interrupted you, the court didn't say this ruling is for all time, right? They said this ruling is for this point in the case. He hasn't established it here. 
But as the case proceeds, he has the ability to bring forward his evidence, and he can always ask the trial court for summary judgment if ultimately things go in his favor. Yeah, and look, and the court also points out that, you know, they're a little bit open-minded and flexible because there are some actions that are maybe more questionable. Are they official action? Are they private citizen activity or conduct? And, And one of the judges wrote about the decision that they issued. It is, quote, flexible enough to accommodate rare cases where even speech made during a campaign event may be official. And it is cautious in leaving open both the question whether the Trump January 6th speech at issue is entitled to immunity, and if not, whether the First Amendment nonetheless protects it, end quote. You know, it's interesting that they, they want to be sort of open-minded and, and not decide every single hypothetical or scenario in advance. But what's an example of a, of a campaign speech a speech made during a campaign event, maybe, I, I guess maybe off the top of my head, you're giving a campaign speech and in the middle of the campaign speech, some news comes along. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm thinking of- George Bush, right? That's what George I'm thinking. George Bush, 9-11. Yeah. And, and it's a campaign event, but you interrupt the campaign event to talk about something in your capacity. I guess that makes sense. Of course, you know, you're not doing something that you can get sued for, but let's just play the game because I think the court is right to leave this open. They're basically saying- there is no absolute immunity just because you did something while you're the president of the United States. And on the other hand, we're not saying there's a bright line rule about any particular kind of campaign event that you have to look at these things on a case by case basis in a way that's pragmatic and principled and that makes sense. So, so all in all, a pretty good opinion, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's very limited. You know, another place where they limit it is they decline to weigh in on the issue of how this impacts criminal cases. They say, nor does our decision on a president's official act immunity from damages liability in a civil suit treat with whether or when a president might be immune from criminal prosecution. So this is a very careful decision. Right. So that's a good segue. So <laughs> that D.C. Circuit Court opinion says it doesn't pretend to decide the immunity issue when it comes to criminal cases. That we leave to Judge Chutkin. <laughs> In the district court. It only took her a couple of hours after this one came down. Boy, was it fast. So it's kind of interesting, the timing, right? So Donald Trump has also made an immunity argument in the criminal case, the January 6th criminal case, and a First Amendment defense, but we'll put that aside for a moment. And I will say that Judge Chutkin's opinion is a bit more rhetorically colorful. I think that's fair. We just read some quotes from the civil case opinion. Here's the district court judge, Tanya Chutkin responding to the Donald Trump argument of immunity. And she writes, quote, defendant's four-year service as commander-in-chief did not bestow on him the divine life. Thanks for listening. To hear the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership for just $1 for one month. That's cafe.com slash insider. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work.